Sovereign and gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, Creator, King of the Universe. As we gather this morning on this first Sunday of 2024, Father, we come to you for a word of knowledge, a word of comfort, a word of your presence, and we ask that you would bless this word to go forth, Father, to touch our hearts, to transform us evermore into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. We're going to be looking at Psalm 34 this morning, and you'll notice we haven't read it yet, but we will in a moment. There's a few things to say about this psalm before we begin. I would say that many of us would look back upon the year that was and label it a somewhat difficult year. A year where our hope was tested, and at times it felt like there was no hope for what we saw going on in our personal lives in the world at large. And so to start off the new year, I wanted to start off with a word of encouragement, a word of comfort, a word that you can lean upon where God's word speaks. Now this particular psalm is one of nine across psalms in the book of Psalms. The most well-known being Psalm number 119. Now an acrostic psalm is composed of 22 sections, which begin with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, arranged in alphabetical order. James Montgomery Boyce suggests three reasons for acrostic psalms. First, it is used as a literary device to add beauty and form. Second, it suggests the subject matter being covered is covered completely from A to Z. Third, to encourage learning and memorization, which is something we should all engage in with the Word of God. Alan P. Ross writes in the Bible Knowledge Commentary that the book of Psalms most vividly represents the faith of individuals in the Lord. The Psalms are inspired responses of human hearts to God's revelation of himself in law, history, and prophecy. Saints of all ages have appropriated this collection of prayers and praises in their private and public worship. Though scholars cannot say with certainty who the author of Psalm 34 is, it is titled a Psalm and it appears to have a connection with the narrative from 1 Samuel 21.10 to chapter 22.2 and highlights some of the trials that David faced while fleeing from King Saul, who sought to kill him. It beautifully illustrates the Lord's compassion and care for those who call upon him. And as we enter into a new year, this is something that will be a blessing to us to know that at all times, God is with us and God is watching over us. So here now, Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. 
Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, O oh children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves long days, what that he may see going forward? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to cut off from the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. The circumstances of our trials change continually throughout the course of our lives. Our responses to them are also prone to change. But do you know what remains unchanged in every situation that we face? The Lord our God. He does not change. He is always present. As the title of this sermon says, at all times. The Lord our God and his promises are many. Now here are just some of the promises that are contained in the 34th Psalm. He delivers me from all my fears. Their faces shall never be ashamed. He saves him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Those who fear and seek the Lord lack no good thing. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, his ears toward their cry. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. He keeps all his bones, not one of them is broken. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. 
That's 11 promises in that one psalm. 11 promises about what the Lord will do at all times for us. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, but. And that's where the trouble comes in. Yeah, but. Some may claim, I don't see that the Lord is doing these things. They're not present in my life. I still have troubles. But the problem is, is that there are a few prerequisites to what God has said in this psalm before those promises are fulfilled. They are not applicable to all individuals. Now that can be a hard word to hear and accept. But God desires that though those whom he blesses are committed to fearing and seeking him, which requires one to humble themselves under God's authority. We all want the blessings and the promises, don't we? But we don't always want to do it God's way. We don't always put God at first at all times. Sometimes God's an afterthought. Sometimes we just want him to do for us, but we don't want to do anything in return. The most important precondition starts with, I sought the Lord. Now how many of us truly seek after the Lord at the beginning of our day, throughout our day, and before we go to sleep at night? How much time do we invest in being with him and being in his presence? Equally important is the mindset of those who look to him, coupled with the attitude of those who fear him. And when the Bible talks about fearing the Lord, it means respecting, honoring, and having an awe of the Lord, not trembling in front of him. It means reverence and submission to his will because we are told, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. For those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Do you notice before each of these promises, there is something that God is telling us in relation to, <coughs> excuse me, in relationship to himself. Seek me, fear me, respect me. The psalmist weighs these things and asks, What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Don't all of us want to see good in our lives? Don't all of us long for long life and health? Do you count yourself among that group? Trumper Longman comments in the Dictionary of the Old Testament that in Psalms as in Proverbs, those who fear Yahweh have put themselves in a properly submissive relationship to God. I'll offer you a challenge this year, at the beginning of the year. If you want to learn more about these things, then every day, start your day reading one chapter of the book of Proverbs. I've already begun, and you do it according to the day of the week. So today is day seven, so I began my morning in chapter seven of Proverbs. And it's interesting to see how many of the Proverbs dovetail with this chapter. 
Now this is commitment to God, and it's not reserved just to individuals, but it is also the hallmark of a congregation and its witness to the world of its beliefs and faithfulness. It is exhibited in the life, the activities, the worship, the interactions, the fellowship of the local church body. And it is to be based on a unity of faith and love among the believers who gather there. Jesus' prayer, which is known as the High Priestly Prayer, was prayed on the night in which he was betrayed, and in it, four times he asked for unity among believers. To be of one mind, one heart, one love. Scottish minister Andrew Bernard warns that the church must be alert to the dangers of shutting its eyes to some great truth or winking at some heresy. It may teach error in doctrine or it may have left its first love. It may have allowed discipline to have become lax and corrupt. The church must always be on guard and fully devoted to the Lord for protection against such trends. Far too many churches around the world have capitulated to the mindset and the ideologies of today's world and society. Many of us are aware of what happened recently in the Catholic Church. It must be noted that individuals and the church must be aware that the opposite of these things that the Lord requires are to be carefully and prayerfully avoided. That the promise of life, many days, and good may come to pass. Therefore, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. <coughs> Seek peace and pursue it. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. It is not a wise position to be found in where the Lord is against you and is about to cut off the memory of you from the face of the earth. To be in a place where God is actively against you is not good. Basically, God wants to erase you from existence in those conditions. And the psalmist's advice for avoiding such a certainty is clear and not to be ignored. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The only thing that's going to get in the way of escaping the outcome of destruction at the Lord's hand is our pride. Our refusal to submit to him. Our refusal to seek after him. To do the things he commands. The final warning to be considered as the psalm closes is those who hate the righteous or the things that the righteous do in obedience to God's commands will be condemned. If we are to be found tearing one another down, if we are found to be pointing the finger in judgment and accusation, if we are found to be ignoring the words of God, we will be condemned. We have no right to expect that we are going to receive God's blessings. In other words, the things the righteous engage in are despised by those who do not fear or seek the Lord. And those things will condemn them on Judgment Day. 
Thankfully, the righteous have this as their hope. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. That is the hope that we have before God as we enter into this new year. As we make him our Lord above all things and at all times, we can expect that he will be there with those promises that were enumerated earlier in the sermon. He will be there to bless us and to help us grow. In the book of Romans, in the book, in the chapter 8, it says that we are to be conformed to the image of his son and God is going to be actively working to do that with us. The only problem is, will we be cooperative with that effort at all times? Amen.